being present is being in the moment and that's living right being in the moment is actually living because most of the time mm. when we're in the moment we're talking about the past or we're planning yeah. for the future, future or we're worried about the future you hit it right mm -hmm. so if we do things that call, that force us to be present that's how you balance yourself out hey guys what's good welcome to the coastline life if you're watching this video that means you co-sign us and we co-sign you so here are a couple of ways to support us at Cosign Magazine. Number one, view the description below, click the link, and purchase an issue of Cosign Magazine. It's like this, this one right here, physical. You can purchase this. Number two, you can also support us by purchasing Cosign merch. Hit the link below and it'll take you to all our past merch items and we'd love to have your support and see you wear Cosign Magazine. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cosign Conversations. I know I say I'm super excited, but for today, I really am super excited. <laughs> not to say that I'm not with any other guests, but today I'm super excited to announce that Cosign Conversation now has a co-host. Insert clapping sounds. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have seen her before on Cosign. She's been on our Cosign Conversations podcast. She's been on a couple of our series, but now... She's my lovely, amazing, intelligent, and beautiful co-host, Adair. How are you doing hey, today? I'm good. <laughs> so Adair does so many things, so I don't want to mess anything up, so I'm going to let you kind of talk about all the different things that you do in your day-to-day -day oh, life. i got to talk, talk about myself now. Yes, you got to talk uh, about yourself. Most people know me or know my background uh, as being a professional model. Of course. So I've done that for over a decade. I've been, been in the game for a minute. Yes, seasoned um, veteran. <laughs> yeah, seasoned, for sure. Um, and also, um, I have a company that's brain and behavioral science-based uh, for creatives, where I do a lot of professional development behind the scenes. Uh, so I guess you could say I'm a brain and behavioral educator. Um, and I also do interviews, going yes. over into the sports entertainment world. I'm starting to do uh, mainly for the fight game gotcha. for MMA. Uh, doing post-fight, pre-fight interviews, post-fight interviews, uh, even sideline interviews, commentating, um, stuff how, like that. How'd you get, get into that? Like, I know I'm not supposed to be interviewing, you're supposed to be talking, but I really, I'm <laughs> really curious. I'm really curious, though. Like, how'd you get into that? It's not every day, let alone a woman, but, you know, a black woman and your friend just, you know, wakes up and you see her commentating on, you know, an MMA fight. Like. fight. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people don't know this about me, but I've trained mixed martial arts on and off for the last nine years. Right. So fighting was really the only sport I was naturally good at. Mm. Um, what all did you try, though? Well, all have I tried? Yeah. Oh, man. I started off doing boxing. Okay. Um, then when I went over to do mixed martial arts, I started with jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I did Muay Thai, which is just a form of kickboxing. Right. Um, wrestling. Oh, those dang. are pretty much, yeah. My, you really have done it all. <laughs> well, not <laughs> yeah, all of it, but those are like the core, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the core techniques, I guess you could say, that I know. And, yeah, MMA is the sport. I love watching it. I've okay. watched it for, for years. I know a lot of people in the MMA community. I just don't, I never made it like the forefront of my life. So gotcha. it just made sense, you know, to go over into sports entertainment. I've already have a background in entertainment right, and fashion, right. so I'm not shy to the camera. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also educated on the sport. So gotcha. it kind of just made sense. So, so basically you're a badass and <laughs> nobody should mess with you. I'm an undercover bodyguard. Undercover bodyguard. <laughs> That's what's up. I'm at the At least for your average person, I can't. <laughs> I probably can't beat someone who's been training as long as I have, or even more. But, yeah. but you know, your average street person. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but you know, adrenaline kicks in sometimes, and you don't know what you can do. Like, yeah, I've done some crazy stuff on it. You know, and when I was when my blood was pumping, you know, I've cleared gates, you know, fences when I've been running and training. Yeah. Getting chased, you know, that's my past life, though. But. Yeah, it's clearing fences. I'm saying, yeah, like we've all done that. Yeah. I, I haven't had to clear a fence. Yeah, you know. um, yeah it's interesting because when people find out that I trained, especially when I was doing photo shoots, and mm -hmm. I, the worst time, when, I actually have a story. I was training 
And this girl, she was a wrestler. She was super fast. She did this move where she, like, spun out of whatever I had her in. Yeah. And her heel went straight into my eye. She had her heels on? No, no, no. The heel oh, of the heel her foot. foot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, fit perfectly in the socket of my yeah. eye. It went straight there. And I had a photo shoot the next day. So I'm holding my eye. And I was like, no, 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 no. This can't swell up. I got to shoot in the morning. So she starts freaking out. And she runs next door. There was a subway next door. And she runs next door, and they get, like, a little bag of ice. And I just had it on my face. And lo and behold, I did not have a bruise or oh, wow. any lump that came up. Because you can actually prevent that from happening if you take care of your stuff immediately. Okay. Just so people know. I was going to say, because, <laughs> you know, no offense to light-skinned people, but y'all bruise easy. We bruise easy. Man, I get bruises on my legs <laughs> all the time, and I don't even know where they come y'all from. Y'all bruise easy, so, you Yeah, know. yeah. But when I, was, when I was doing it, people would say, like, you can't do that. You're too mm. pretty to be to be fighting. And you I was hate like, that? You're too pretty to do something? No, I don't hate it. I just tell them, like, that's a really stupid thing to say because, you know, no pretty girl, it doesn't matter how what you look like, you're right. never too pretty to be your own hero. Mm. You're never too pretty to know how to protect yourself or right. your family. Like, that's that's just a weird thing to say. Got you. Does, <laughs> no, that's real. Does this training affect your dating life though like right are men like scared to date you no or do you only date like men that you know usually um, like alpha males i like alpha males i okay. tend to get along with them better um i only had one guy i dated that was Weird. he didn't like it mm. but he was from another country so he thought that women fighting was like mm. they shouldn't be doing that at all and I'm like, well, you can't fight, so one of us have to know how to protect each other. <laughs> how did he take that? <laughs> I don't know how. We'll it was. talk about that, but you know, that's, uh, he was probably the only. Everyone else is. You I don't know. know. My dad was skeptical of it at first. He didn't want me doing it, and then he went to a tournament I had, right. and he saw me win three times in a row. He was like, okay, she got I'm something. Cool. I'm cool with it yeah. now. <laughs> I don't know how I would feel though if my girl told me that I could fight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That'd have to be a, that'd have to be a conversation in itself. Like, all right, but we got to sit down and talk about this. So, why do you feel like I can't fight? Have yeah. you seen me fight? Is it my man or is it? Have you seen me? <laughs> what is it? What gives you off this notion that I can't fight? Nah, I feel you though. Um, but that's why that's why I'm glad that you're here today. Like, I've been doing this podcast probably like a, I don't even know how long. Maybe like a year. And it's, I thought it was longer than that. Maybe it's longer than a year. I'm so bad with time. It has to be longer than that because I was on in 2020. Oh, well, you were on when it was like the audio only version. Oh. Yeah. So at the beginning. That was during COVID. Yeah, That's during COVID. We did. I started off on Anchor. It was like a yep. Anchor platform. So it was only on audio. And then we started doing video 2021. 20, like I said, I'm bad with time. So I want to say we started beginning of 2021. So, yes, yeah, so over over a year, about a year and a half. And, you know, it's cool getting to, like, talk and interview entrepreneurs and creatives. But for those who don't know, like, I'm I'm a naturally laid-back person. Yeah. Right? So I'm super chill. Yeah. Um, I kind of go off vibes. So if I'm interviewing with somebody, no matter how talented or, you know, um, smart or entertaining they are, if their vibes are low, then we're both having low vibes. Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's difficult. So I kind of wanted to bring somebody in to, like, you know, share that energy balance because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and also it's, it's, it's a cool dynamic having multiple different viewpoints, right? Right. Like, you may be more well-versed on a subject uh, than I am, and you can lead the conversation, and I could come from, you know, a place of curiosity, and, you know, it makes for great conversation. So. Have you been wanting a co-host? I've been wanting a co-host since I started this. But oh, really? But one, I hate asking people for stuff or to do anything. You you told me that before. Yeah, I hate asking people for stuff. And then the second one is um, I just didn't know, like, how to go about it, right? Because a couple of people I do know, they already have their own podcast. And then I always liked the male and female dynamic of conversations. Mm -hmm. But then I didn't really know a lot of, you know, women that I, think, that I thought – I forgot to say this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I thought would make for a great co-host to cover a, a variety of subjects. I'll say that. I will tell you there's something I've learned since I've been doing like more media lately. Right. Is 
women actually have a lot harder expectations on them when they're in front of the camera, not just visually, but their voice. Gotcha. Like the cadence of their voice and the decibel at which their voice yeah. travel. Like all that stuff matters when viewers are listening mm-hmm. or watching. It's what determines, you know, how how many people tune in. So if people want to know what I'm talking about, if you tune into your late night um, radio shows okay. or you listen to even women like on the air, they all have kind of like a voice that's maybe like a tenor for a team mm. or a female or kind of a lower voice. Gotcha. So women that have higher pitched voices, it's actually scientifically proven that people do not listen to higher pitched voices. Mm. Is it because yeah. it's annoying? It's well, it has something to do with the ear, the way the brain takes in the information. And when a voice goes past a certain um, tone, which is why a lot of people don't listen when women are screaming. Oh, yeah. When they're screaming, their voice raises. Not just the, the, not just the sound, but like the tone of the voice raises. So, yeah, just so people know. I I learned all that. So it is hard to find a female. Nah, facts. Yeah. Any, a, a crazy fun fact is I hate my voice. Oh, everybody says yeah, that. Yeah, I hate, like, I really do. So, like, uh, I used to make music a long time ago. <laughs> Just because, you know, friends. Were you singing? No, heck no. Were you rapping? I was rapping. Oh, okay. I was rapping. I was decent. Did you hate your voice when you were rapping? I did. I, I hated my voice when I was rapping. <laughs> and I still hate my voice, but... I was like, you know, I got to get past that. So, you know, repetition. I mean, I still hate my voice, but now it's easier for me to listen to, you know, like. Yeah. Sometimes I'd rather just like, especially like on recap videos, I'd rather just like watch me than actually listen to me say something. Oh, so, so. you like the way you look. You Only on like the left side. <laughs> Only on the left side. <laughs> Everybody on my team knows, you know, James knows, Ian knows, Cal, like all the shooters know, like left side's my best side. I don't know. Well, I know what it is. So. Since we're talking about fun facts, so when I was younger, I don't know what it is. I used to call it like the Michael Jackson thing. So I have like these spots on my neck. Uh-huh. It started off like as a small spot, like I, I probably can't see on camera. But it started off as like a small spot, like right here somewhere. And then like over years, it just grew. So like now it kind of like goes further back, a little bit like on the back of my head. So mm-hmm. I never liked uh, actually people viewing me on this side. Oh, really? Yeah. And then as I got older, it was like different things about my right side. Like my beard doesn't fully grow connect on the right side. Um, I don't know. It's just my right side is just, it's just lagging. Like I needed to, hey. <laughs> I just needed to pick it up, to pick up, <laughs> you know, you got to meet the left. So I don't know, like people tend to say like, you know, people, everybody has their things. Like I know people sometimes think that, you know, I come across as, you know, confident and, you know, within myself, but we all have our little things that, you know, we wish mm-hmm. we could change. And, you know, for me, it's yeah. stuff like that. I think most people, that most people think I'm like actually the biggest misconception that people get about me is that I'm stuck up Hmm. or that I'm um you know that I'm not like I'm not easy to reach I guess it's my resting bitch face that I get off all the time (laughs) but as soon as people start talking to me you know they're like oh well you're not anything like I thought you were super sweet Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I mean, you're a nice you. person. You're a nice person. Like that's what I hear. Yeah, you're easy, <laughs> easy to talk to. So I would, so I would say, I would say, I get from people sometimes. Maybe people don't know how to read certain people. Right? Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. So when they don't know how to read somebody, the first thing it goes to is negativity. Like, mm-hmm. man, she she looks like she's mean, you know, she looked like she wasn't, she wouldn't talk to me or, yeah, you know, it's normal. I mean, we're supposed to do that. That's like, it's just part of our, the way we scan our environments, mm-hmm. we place things into categories so we can feel more comfortable with them. Yeah. So. And then when we're wrong, we're like, oh, well, yeah. I would have thought something else. <laughs> <laughs> God, did, did, before you met me, did you have anything that stood out? Or was it like, he looks or he seems like. Yeah, I did not know you were as laid back as you were. Super laid back. Mm-mm. I thought you were like some big, like, I don't know. Like, I thought you would be, most people I know that have, that are behind a big brand, they're, they're a certain way. Mm. Like, and they, because they know everybody knows who they are, right. you know, so they, they act a certain way. Um they kind of have this hierarchy type of uh, yeah. deal going on. So if I would have 
met you outside of Cosine, I would not have known you were the owner of Cosine. Gotcha. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. No, nah, so I didn't know how laid back you were at all. Yeah. Nah, super laid back. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's like you have to, sometimes I have to insert myself because I'm super chill. Like I have to get used to like going out and approaching people or having people approach me. Like I just want to just be in the mix, just chilling. You know what I'm saying? So it's overwhelming at, at times too because how I grew up, um, men didn't really just talk to other men. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, oh yeah, you know, like <laughs> men just didn't pull up on another man. Like, oh, bro, I love what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Or it's like, we don't, we didn't talk to strangers. Basically, yeah. like if we didn't grow up with you or, you know, if you didn't hoop with us or you wasn't in our circle or we didn't know of you, we're not just talking to mm-hmm. other people. So I had to kind of get out of that whole uh, mindset when I moved here and started doing cosigns. Like, bro, like you have to network. You have to be willing and open yeah. to meet new people and work with them. I'm working on networking. Yeah, it's it's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole other thing you gotta do. Man, it is because it's so transactional too. Yeah, it matters. Yeah, it's so transactional. Like, oh, hey, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, why do, why are we defined by what do we do? I, I understand. I get it. You're trying to figure out where you fit and like how you can assert yourself or what can that person do for you. But right. I feel like sometimes we should just try to get to know a person first because where I struggle at um, a lot of times, uh, like my, my friends know, is that everything I do is around Cosign. So it's like, man, mm-hmm. sometimes it'll be cool just to hear from people just to check on me or just, you know what I'm saying, to see what's up. Not about work or about what I can do. So it's like, it's a hard dynamic because if all you do is work, that's all people know you for. That's oh, all yeah. you want. So. Mm-hmm trying to find that balance you know well i think that's one of the reasons for the podcast right to get to know people yeah yeah so people <laughs> people are getting to know me I, I spoke on this one podcast uh last week or two weeks ago and and she said give me five words to describe you damn was that hard it was hard it was hard <laughs> it's, it's usually hard for it people was to hard. do uh, but one of the last things i said was uh <laughs> it was emo emo I, yeah yeah Cause I take shit personal. I take everything personal. Oh, like emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you thought I meant? I thought you meant emo, like you know the trend when emo, oh, emo no. style was a thing. No, 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 not Paramore. Were I mean, I listen like to Paramore. But no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> it, was, it was never that guy. Salute to. I have friends who are like that. But, you know, no. I meant more just like you know. I take I take shit to heart. I take shit personal. You know what I'm saying? That type of emo. Really? Oh yeah. So how do you? Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Man, yeah. I mean, well, no, I know. Nah, I do, but I, I don't want you to like move differently. Like, be, no, I'm you know, no, nah, I'm not. I just yeah. didn't know that about you because I would assume as much business as you do. Yeah, I, I don't mean, show it, but those who know know. So like, I give you an example. Like I said on that, I don't know like how many people listen to that, but I'll just say it again. So like, uh, me and my fr- my friend Brandon Moore, we have like this inside joke because, um, you know, he's a huge influencer out here. Mm-hmm. He has a growing email list. And, you know, Cosign's email list, you know, we're starting to put a lot more emphasis on that. And I told him like a couple years ago, I was like, man, I was so pissed with it. He's like, bro, what's wrong with you? He's like, man, this dude I know unsubscribed from my email list. Oh. <laughs> it pissed I me. I would you an alert. Yeah. Unsubscribe. And it pissed me off because it's like, bro, like, you always asking me for stuff and, and you're going to unsubscribe. Like, bro, all you have to do is either open it, read it. Delete it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Aww. it's not like what what makes you want to take that extra step to you know unsubscribe as opposed to you know what I'm saying just leaving it there. So like that really pissed me off. And then, uh, <laughs> but what's crazy is though when I said it, Brandy were like, "Bro, I thought I was the only one." So it's like, you know, there's people. There's a lot of people that take shit personal. We just mask it well. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah, I see you out, and I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" You know what I'm saying? But deep down, I know, like, bro, forget you. In business, I don't take things personal. Yeah. In my personal life, I would say sometimes I do. If it's if it's a if it directly affects my life, mm. I will take it personal. Um, in business, I think the only time I take things personal is if someone. Oh, how can I say this? This is good though, because I think other people might deal with this. Yeah. If someone makes decisions for or treats me a certain way because they assume mm-hmm. that I'm a certain way because I'm a woman. Okay. Which most people assume that I am overly emotional because I'm a woman mm. in business. But 
if anybody's ever fully truly done business with me right. they know that's not the case right right you know so i mean i'm i guess i'm used to it though because most women have to deal with that anyway no nah, that is true so i try <laughs> to i try to um i try to use it in a positive manner so like even if i don't get you know a, a bid or you know a job that i'm going out for or a contract or something um i'll try to It'll hurt, so I'll take it personal, but I'll try to take it more personal. Like, all right, you need to step it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You need to do more because even though I may think I deserve it, obviously there's a, there's a reason why that company doesn't feel like I deserve it. So where am I going wrong? What do I need to do more of? Yeah. So a lot of times I, I'll try to flip it and use it for, you know, positivity. Unless, unless like, I really know the person and it's like, why are you operating like this? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Which kind of brings me to like, you know, uh, something else I want to talk about was like, you know, friendship and business, like mm. mixing the two. How does that work? Because, you know, I've I've been in business with friends multiple times. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Like there's one situation I'm going through right now to where, you know, we tried, it didn't work out. And then we both have our own brands and try collaborating. But it's like he's taking, you know, he's. He's taking things personal and he's not communicating. So it's 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 making a weird dynamic. So it's mm-hmm. like now we're really no longer friends. So mm-hmm. it's like we started off as great friends. He had a business, I had a business. We would help each other's business. And then he created a business almost in the same field as mine, which I helped him with ideas. Yeah. And then we stopped being friends. Then we came back to say, like, let's work, let's fix it out. Let's work it, let's work it out. We tried something else happened and this now it's like bro i don't think we could really come back from that sucks you know that happens a lot though it does it does so it's like how do you like what's the best way to approach you know business as friends like okay is it because people go into it like half like half heartedly like meaning we're friends we're gonna do a business but because you're my friend i really don't want to put this paperwork in front of you like What's the best way you think we should? Um, The best way, I think, and I'm saying this based off of personal experience. I was one of the few lucky people that grew up with a family of entrepreneurs, Mm. like bloodline on both sides of entrepreneurs. Um, And then my parents were entrepreneurs, and they worked together. So I got to witness a personal relationship and them also run business. Um, for, and then also the studying I've done, brain and behavioral science uh, with with companies and their structure and things. Right. Um, I think if you're going, business is not easy to do. Right. It's not. Most people think business is just bringing an idea to life, and it's not. Business is very analytical. It's a lot bigger than you. Um, it's not really about what you want. It's about how much you can... Um, actively aim at and succeed at and actually execute. So I think the problem that a lot of friends have is friends like to talk about ideas and they Mm -hmm. like to brainstorm. And if you're creative, a lot of your other friends are creatives too. So y'all be sitting down talking and it's like, man, you know, what you do, I could kind of see this. And then I could see like us doing this. It's always visionary. Right, Everything's sure. like, oh, I could, I could see this. I could do this. And that's all you focus on, mm-hmm. right? So you're just focusing on the trajectory or the trajectory of an idea. You're not focusing on the structure. You're not mm-hmm. focusing on um, the actual business aspect of it. You're right. still sitting in that, that high of dopamine, right. right, that you're all in that moment with. And it feels good. It, it makes nah, your brain it feel like you're succeeding for and you're, sure. you haven't really gotten anywhere. That's why right. talking about ideas is, feels so good right. for people. Um, it's because it releases that hormone in your brain. So I just see people fail because they, for some reason, they just forget, you know, to, or they just choose not to take in the structure of business with them. And then they get upset when the shit falls apart. Man, yeah. Because <laughs> you don't have no, you have nothing on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing in writing at all. And then when you start seeing things differently, which is normal, because y'all never talked about that part. Y'all just talked about the things that you did agree on. Um, it's just like a relationship. 
Yeah. A personal relationship. It's, it's the same. I tell people this all the time. It's the same thing. Just like in your personal relationship, you guys have to figure out where your weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. You got to talk about them. And you got to let each person have their strength. So, right. like, okay, my partner's strong here. Cool. I'm not. But I'm strong here. And let each other have those strengths and help each other in those weaknesses. And you do the same thing in business. The problem I think business people have is they bring their strengths together and they just focus on that. Right. And then their weaknesses come up later and they don't know how to deal with them. And they don't know how to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> well, communication is a weakness, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facts. Facts. So this is one thing I believe in. Um, I don't know who, who who's the first person that came with this idea or said this, but you know I really believe in um, when people show you who they are, believe them, right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot a lot of people can have great ideas, right? But outside of that five minutes when you're high off talking these ideas, yeah. Sit back and think about even as your friend, how many ideas have they actually seen they through to life. or executed, right. right? And if there's if there's no case study of them ever doing that, then it might have to be a fact where like, bro, you have a really amazing deal. Let me help you bring this to life. Mm-hmm. And then let's see how this works. Like, let's break out the structure of like, right. what this looks like. Because, you know, communication in the past, you haven't done it before. I may have experience doing this. Let me take charge, lead, Yeah, you know, on this project. It might be one of those conversations where it's tough. Like, bro, you're trying to steal my idea, blah, blah, it blah. It is tough because you have to you have to sacrifice yes. parts of yourself and you have to admit your weaknesses. Definitely. Like, there's some shit I just don't know. Right. Nah. You right. know, and I'm one of those people that's like, I'm not going to pretend I know. Right. Especially in the black race because black people, we are the number one race. <laughs> if there's anything we know how to do, we know how to front. We are the, we are like the, the poster child for fronting. <laughs> we you know, know how to do that. But you know what it is? From what I've seen, and I could be wrong, but what I've seen is, is, is because of lack of opportunity, right? Uh, that and I think that we, I, I do think a lot of it stems from always being, you know, an inferior race. Mm. We've always been at the bottom. We've always had to fight harder and prove more. And we've learned that if we, if we admit that we don't know something, people right. take advantage of us. Exactly. So we have to pretend like we know. Mm. So it comes from a place of survival. Nah, you're right? right. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're trying to, you know, yeah. do this in business, it is a bad thing because mm. you pretend like you know how to do something, and then then <sighs> then you got to show up and you don't know how to do it. That's why I truly believe in the importance of partnerships and collaborations mm-hmm. because. What you're not great at, bring somebody in to help. You know, like, I know everybody wants 100%. They want to be the boss. They want to be the CEO. They want their, but like, bro, if you're not the person to make that happen, bring in somebody that can help you and share. You know what I'm saying? Share that. I'd rather have 50% of something great than 100% of nothing. I don't understand that. You know what I mean? I really don't understand. I mean, part of me does, which is because I see this a lot. Like, people want to have... They want to have the credibility. They want to say, this is mine. I did this. Right. They want this to be is my one. name. Yeah. Like, this was me. I, I built this. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> we, we do brick. that. And I, I never understood that because I'm like, why is it more important to be the first or mm-hmm. to be the, the well-known one than to be the person that made a difference, than to be a person that left a – because if you actually do it right – if you actually structure it right and you yeah. do everything right, then you're going to have that anyway. Right. But, you know, deep down people are, you know, and it's all of us deep down, we're, we're vain. If you really think about it, social media is built to, to highlight that. Just like you post a picture, you're immediately looking to see how many likes and comments. You want validation. You want that recognition. And it transfers over to business. Like, mm-hmm. you want people to know you built something super successful. That's the reason yeah. why you share it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same point, at the same point, it's like you have to understand, like, maybe the spotlight doesn't have to only be on you. If you share it, it'll bring more attention to what you and your organization is doing. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like you don't have to be the only one. If you yeah. still want to be the one, you could be the one, the one, but you don't have to be the only one. Yeah, that's what I call that um, uh, mental and emotional revenue. Mm. Like people, they that I know a lot of people say they don't like that validation, but we do. We we do like it. Man, I've I've lost friends and currently not talking to family members over validation. 
And I'm telling them, and this is this goes to like the awards, right? Which is what I hate about the awards, but I love that it highlights and recognizes our community. But I hate that it it, it brings up the the negative aspect of I want to be validated. Like Ooh, I need, of losing. Yeah, not not even losing. So like they feel left out. Like you know, like oh, yeah, like they're not recognized. Yeah, they're like, not. I rec- didn't work hard enough. Yeah, you know. So like I have you know and. I have friends who are like, bro, how come, you know, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not nominated or, you know, and, and you know, people who work with me under Coastline, they understand, like, hey, because you work under Coastline, you can't be nominated because that's conflict of interest, right? Because if, if you're in-house, right, and you work with us every week and you win, regardless of how talented you are, people are going to assume it's because you're in-house, right? Yeah. And I know it sucks. I hate it. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. wish I could highlight and honor, you know, the the whole team. But, you know, there's just different ways to go about it. And, you know, I've had arguments with, you know, my friends, my cousin, like, and I'm like, bro, like. Bro, you didn't give me a trophy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my trophy? Exactly. You know. <laughs> you and, know I gave you that one idea. Where's my trophy? <laughs> man, you know, and, you know, I, I be having like to laugh it off. But sometimes, you know, it is like. People have to understand, like, I, I get it, and I respect it because, you know, as a community, we already don't get a lot of recognition. Like, they highlight entertainers, athletes, celebrities. So as, you know, as an entrepreneur, influencer, executive, CEO, et cetera, you don't really get many award programs, award shows. And if you do, it's maybe something within, like, an organization that doesn't speak to the culture that you're really a part of, right? So I'm sure some people are executives and companies and they may receive, you know, top sales person of the year, you know, yeah. within an organization. That's cool, but it's probably not as cool as if you receive, you know, something from your community of peers, of entrepreneurs for an idea you crafted, created, came with. And then, you know, that you were like, damn, I, I built this brick by brick myself, and now I'm getting validated for it. But I don't feel like it should be the end all, be all. Like, this is more just, like, platforms are more so just to, like, recognize, like, yeah. even as having a platform, I never want people to think, that they need our validation, right? Because you really don't. It's just like an extra benefit or extra bonus to having a platform see what you do. Yeah, it's interesting because it made me think of, because, I mean, they do this in Hollywood, right? Those yeah. the big, huge award shows, which means everything to these, these actors. And there was a scene, and I hope I don't butcher, butcher this, I think it was the Golden Globe Awards, and it was Jim Carrey, and he was saying, you know, I'm not just Jim Carrey. I'm a three-time Golden Globe winner, Jim mm-hmm. Carrey. And when I go to sleep at night, I dream of being four-time, or maybe it was three or four, four-time, five-time Golden Globe yeah. winner, uh, Jim Carrey, because then I'll finally be enough. Mm. Then then I can go to sleep at night and rest. And he was basically mocking right, right. the whole system of, like, why are we doing this? We literally go and we, we spend our whole lives and we sacrifice and, and we get these roles and we act just so we can win awards. Right. Just do it for the art, for the craft <laughs> of love, you know. And if you get recognition, thank you. But don't do it for that. You get yeah. what I'm saying? And I see it in music all the time with the Grammys. You know, it's always mm-hmm. something. But, I mean... I don't know. I don't know what it is with our community. I don't know why we seek. Beyonce should have won that award. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. It's the validation. But we have to we have to know that we're enough regardless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, even, I, I felt slighted before plenty of times, but I never felt like, oh, because I because I didn't get this, like, man, forget them or blah, blah, blah. It's more so just, hey, I didn't get it or I wasn't recognized for it. But I know my value that I bring to my audience, my community. So yeah. I'm still cool. Like, regardless if I win this, I know that, you know, I still have clients to serve. I still have people that's going to tune in. I still have a team. Like, anything else really doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, as long as your core is good, you shouldn't you shouldn't worry about that. But that's my... Dang, Coastline, Coastline just... Man, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but also <laughs> it's, 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 it's taxing at times, you know? It's taxing. So, you didn't vote for me. So, <laughs> it, <laughs> I hear it all. I'm, 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 it was crazy. We're getting ready for the next award. I season, know. I man. saw the post the other yeah, day. Yeah. So, it's like, here we like, go. Ooh, what I'm going to wear this year. Here we go again. I know. I got to get me another custom suit, you know. Um, 
But yeah, just thinking of different ways to make it better. But overall, I just want people to know that, you know, they don't need to seek validation. And I feel like some of this stuff is already uh, kind of embodied us as we were growing up. We always wanted validation. It started like as a, from our parents, right? We want to make our parents happy, make our parents proud, oh, yeah. you know, make our teachers proud. Then you go on a basketball team or volleyball team or whatever team, your coach and your friends. You're always going to be seeking a validation for approval from somebody. but has Everything to. we do is to win something or yeah. to gain something. And we know we can't get that thing mm-hmm. unless we do this thing. Right. right. doesn't matter. Even if it's in school, like you have to make good grades right. in order to be recognized as a good student or a smart person, mm-hmm. which is crazy because, you know, it's a, it's a system. Right. But, yeah, we everything we do is is like that. So I think it's easy to get lost in it. It makes sense. But it'll exhaust you. Not facts. But at what point do we start to do it for ourselves, right? So, for example, I always promised my mom that I would get, you know, a college degree. So I was basically going to college for her. For her. So And then it, I, I realized, like, man, I, I love my mother, but I, I can't do this for somebody else. You know, if I'm going to do this, it needs to be for me. And I didn't, it wasn't for me. I didn't, I felt like me personally, I didn't need college. Yes, I'm a hypocrite because my daughter will be going to college. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like at some point we have to start making decisions for us, right? Not to please uh, anybody else, no matter what it is, even if it's a sport thing. Can you become a better person and athlete than you were the day before? Yeah. Are you willing to put in that work for yourself to become better? Not because, you know, you're trying to impress your cro- your coach or you're trying to get a bonus or you're trying to get these stats. But can you be a better player? What can you learn today that you didn't know yesterday? Yeah. And I feel like we should take that in all aspects of life. You know, I even try to do that myself. Like on my downtime, I look at podcasts like, man, how can – how can I speak better? How can I transition better? What topics can I, you know, touch on that people would want to see? Mm-hmm. Not to win a podcast award or to become the number one podcast, but because I want I want to be better. You know, I just want to be the best at everything I do. That's just me. Yeah. You said something interesting about um, college, which is a very big deal in the black community. Yes. You know, going to college or not. I know for myself, I... I promised my ancestors that I would get a college degree. And um, that's really serious in my family because my, fortunately for me, um, we are able to to draw our bloodline all the way back to slavery. So when we go back home or what we call home and we have our family reunions, we have historical marks there. And even our family's graveyard has my ancestors who were slaves. Their, Their graves are there. So... When I go visit them, you know, I'm standing in front of their graves where they don't have a birth date because they don't know the day they were mm-hmm. born, right? They just have the year they were born, their first name, and their slave owner's last mm-hmm. name. And I'm like, yeah, I owe it to them. Right. And then I like, I just, I did not like college. Yeah. I just I- didn't like, I did not like it. <laughs> and it's so funny because everybody thinks that I have done higher education. Right. I thought so. Like everybody thinks that. And I just cheated the system. <laughs> I cheated the system. I learned, okay, you don't have, intelligence has nothing to do with completing a degree. Right. The ability to think analytically and educate yourself has nothing to do with having a degree and what I did is instead of going through the whole system I said you know what I will do I'll go get the certifications that are going to benefit me and my business and stuff I want to do and I'll pay for those classes whether I have to do a semester or whatever and I'll get certified and licensed through colleges right so I have like probably five different certifications and licensing through through very very credited schools, right? right? And I cheated the whole system. And my ass still ended up in Forbes. So, you know, and it's crazy because, like, I used to believe I wasn't smart Mm. because I didn't go to school. I did, and I thought I was an embarrassment to my family because I didn't finish education. So it's, you do have to do it for yourself. That's, you really touched on a point. You thought you wasn't smart because you didn't finish school. I felt yeah. the same way. I used to be in circles, um, and it was crazy. I was in, it's, and it'd be our own people sometimes. I used to be like, oh my these, god, that's exactly who it was. Yeah, I used to be like in these affluent <laughs> black circles, and they were talking about how they got their masters, you know, the bachelors, you know, all this stuff, doctorates, 
And I'm like, uh, I got my associates, and I, I didn't finish school because I had my daughter at a young age and didn't benefit me. Like, everything I learned as far as entrepreneurship and business, I learned through, you know, executing and from experiences. Yeah. So, like, it would, it would make me feel, like, smaller. Yeah. And I'm like, man, why do I feel this certain way? Why do I feel this way? And nothing, there's nothing wrong with working corporate jobs. But it was like, man, y'all are working these, you know, these high-paying jobs, but it's like some of y'all are getting paid six figures at a company, and that's y'all ceiling. But like, right. I'm making six figures doing my own thing. Like, why do you? Why are you making me feel like this? And I started to realize, man, you know what? I can't worry about what they think because I could learn everything they learn from myself through, yeah. you know, reading books, through, you know, like you said, getting certifications, yeah. uh, through classes. Google has so many certifications you oh, can man, take. Google's unlimited. There's so many different opportunities out there to learn things and get certified and you know um you could take workshops classes so many different ways so mm-hmm. as long as you retain retain information and use it effectively i feel like that's that's what really matters you know yeah. what i'm saying and i do understand like that pressure because you know it it is it wasn't always we weren't allowed to go to school right. at one point right. we and yes our ancestors did have to fight for us to do mm-hmm. that so when we don't go it's like Thanks. Disrespectful. Yeah, that's, that's what my mom was. Cause, yeah, cause, you know, my parents weren't born here. They were born in Panama. They moved here for, you know, to give me and my sister and myself a better life. So they was like, oh, y'all going to go to school. You're going to be a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. And you know what's crazy? I was great at school. Like, my sister, my sister has her master's degree, and she was the one who used to struggle in school. Mm-hmm. I would pass so tests my without, sister. My yeah, same without way. studying. I would pass tests. I never made a C in my life. Really? Never. Damn, you're better school than I was. Yeah, never. I <laughs> I probably can count on one hand how many times I was on A, B, honor roll. I was always on A, honor roll. The whole thing. I played sports. Like, I was a great, I was a great student. So everyone, everyone, not just my parents, everyone expected me to go to college. And I did. And I quickly realized, man, like, it wasn't for me. But I kept doing it to, be, to please them. And then once, the turning point for me was when I had my daughter and I was a sophomore in college. And I had her, and then my mom wanted me to finish college so bad that she was basically, you know, raising my daughter as as a baby so I could go to school and her mm-hmm. daughter and her mother can go to school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I appreciate it, but I'm like, yeah. it's not your job. You know what I'm saying? You raise your two kids. I was like, let me raise my kid. And she was like, no, you need to finish school. You need to do this. I got it. And I was like, nah, you've done this enough. So I dropped out of school, um, started working. Then I got a job overseas, a well-paying job overseas to take care of not only myself and my daughter, but my daughter's mom and my mom. So, I mean, Dang. yes, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it helped. But it was like to her, she was like, I really wanted you to get a degree. And I'm like, you know, you want to let this one go, mom. <laughs> you got to let this one go. I think one day I might just for the hell of it. If it's something I really, really want to have, yeah, um, maybe. But I don't think I need it to be successful. Uh, you know what I would like to do? I don't know how it works, but have you seen like to where these um, these high profile people are becoming what is it called like honorary degrees or something like that? They're getting like you know how like I think Diddy has like an honorary master's or doctor's degree or oh yeah I don't know how that I'm works. Seeing like they go back to school or something and they get something. Yeah, but about? it's like they're not fully going back, but they're doing something <laughs> to get so I don't know how it works. You know, so I don't want to like belittle their situation, but. I've seen something like I was a part of a program. Matter of fact, I'm going to have to ask him, Dr. J. Fred, J. Fred Robinson. I'm going to have to ask him because he did something recently. It's like they're getting like their doctorate degree um, for certain individuals. I'm not sure what the process is, but I wouldn't mind doing something like that. You know, that way I have to fully. Oh, does that have something to do with your line of work? Yeah. How long you've been doing it? Yeah, I think then, I think okay. so. Yeah. See, I do think having the doctor. Yeah, so I'll do that, Doctor KG. (laughs) Sound like a villain. Yeah, Doctor. Nah, really, Doctor KG. Please respect me as such. Do not forget the doctor. Uh, But yeah, I wouldn't do that. Actually, I would do that because you know I deserved it. But yeah, I would call me doctor. Yeah, I think I think that uh, um, I think that would be cool. I think that would be cool. I think that would serve service purpose for my mom, and I think she would she would like that. And you get to be called doctor. Doctor, Mister, can it be Mister Doctor or just Doctor? Doctor. Well, you could be called Mister now, Mister Doctor. Mister Doc, Doctor Mister, Mister Doctor Graham. Sir Doctor, Sir Doctor KG. <laughs> Sir Doctor KG. <laughs> At that point, I think I'll just leave KG out. Just call me Doctor. Just Doctor Graham, Doctor Graham. 
Yeah, I like that. That sounds good to Dr. Graham. Hmm. <laughs> I can get used to that. <laughs> I can get used to that. So I have this quote I want to share with you. Okay. And get your perspective on it. Um, anybody knows me, Alchemist is one of my favorite books. I um, love that book. Yes. That's the only book I read in one day. It took me two days, but yes, that book was amazing. <laughs> that book, that book, that book was actually one of like the books that kind of changed the trajectory of my life. I was working contracting at the, um, at the time, and after I read that book, I was like, I need, a, I need to go on my own personal journey. And Yeah. I, now, just so people know, I don't usually read books in one day. Mm-hmm. It's just the book was that good was, yeah. that I had to finish it. I highly suggest anyone. I know it's one of those extremely popular books, but it's, it's popular for a reason. So yeah. I highly suggest you read it. So there's a quote that says, there's only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve, the fear of failure, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people don't start because they're afraid to fail mm-hmm. or they quit because things aren't going their way yeah. at a certain time. Um, and there's a lot of triggers, you know, about why people quit or why they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, what... What about that quote stands out to you, and and how do you feel like people can you know combat you know um, the fear of failure? So I actually have something on this, which okay. is kind of cool. This was not planned, guys. This was not planned. It really wasn't. Um, Neither was all black. So it really, yeah. <laughs> black. I just showed up like this. I was like, hey, we got some synchronicity going on yeah, already. We do. Um, yeah. So. Um, with my studies in brain and behavioral science, hold on, let me put my cup down for this. Okay. <clears throat> With my studies in brain and behavioral science, I talk about fear. Fear is a natural instinct that we have, um, and it's made to keep us alive. So it's actually not a bad thing. We've had it since the beginning of time. If it wasn't for that, we'd all be dead. Right. So, um, so it, it's made to keep us safe, right? And our brain has these barriers that if there's anything outside of what we know, we think it's dangerous. But there is a difference between danger and fear. Mm. And that's where we get it confused, right? So when we feel that fear, we automatically believe we're in danger. And the way you can tell the difference is fear is inside of you. Danger is outside of you, right? And you can only control what's inside of you. right? So you can still be fearless, but be aware that there's danger out there, mm. right? So if you can conquer fears and you understand that this is just you going down a path that you're not aware of, yeah. like even something as simple as us driving home the same route every day, if we decided to take a different route and turn off our GPS, right. we would start freaking out a little bit. Right. Just something that simple. That's how much the mind is programmed to you know, be safe. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're right. A lot of people do quit because of that feeling when they're coming across unknown territory. That's why people that invented things, people that discovered things and traveled around the world when nobody else would are like our heroes because they did something at a time when everyone else said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, I'm not going to do this. The earth is flat. No, definitely. We're not. We're not going to go past that, right? So, um, I mean, those and those people going beyond that is what gave us the world that we have now. So, we have to continue doing that so we definitely. can, you know, create new worlds. But that's how. That's what I think about fear. It's normal. Like me, I have big ideas, and I'm always wanting to see, like, okay, what what can I actually truly accomplish and obtain. Um, and sometimes they scare me. Right, not Like, for sure. when I started my business, it scared me. Um, and I ended up doing, I ended up being global, going around globally. My business traveled globally within the first year during mm-hmm. a pandemic, which I wasn't expecting that to happen. Right. You know, but I think, I do believe the universe or God, whatever y'all believe, I believe that we are rewarded when we step out of fear. You know, when we lead with faith, um, because there's really no limit in what we can do if that fear is out of the way. Nah. Right. It's like kids when kids when babies, babies are awesome. <laughs> and I love babies because they're not scared of shit. They're not. They come out. They want to touch everything. everything. They want to go everywhere. If you let them, they'll crawl on the street. 
but we know what happens. So we're like, no, 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 right. no. The first thing we teach them is no. no. Yeah. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do. Right. And so we grow up. Mm. We we grow up in this safe arena, but it's because of what we can't do. Right. So so we're, you know, we're programs about about living our lives based off of what we can't do. Mm. You know what I mean? Instead of what we can do. You know, that, that brings up a great point to me. That was well said. Um, so kind of like what you said already, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is scary. But for me, what's even more scary is regret. Right. Mm. So I would rather, you know, have fear about trying something new if I'm going to fail. But I don't think I could really sit with the regret of not trying. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if I fail, I'd rather try and fail to not have tried at all. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that's just, you know, something that I that's in within me to where I know, like, hey, I can always try again. But I feel like some people don't have that within them because they quit when they're so close or they quit when it gets rocky. Yeah. But you have to think. I know it's, you know, it started off as a song, but, you know, you only live once is a fact. Yeah. Right? There's, there's different ways to live within your one life, but you only get one of them. So why not? really try to accomplish everything you want mm-hmm. and instead of being afraid to try things new. I think a lot of people are are, are afraid of the unknown. Yeah. I was at one point, you know, when um, my parents had me in church. You know, I definitely, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe, I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't know what's, what's after. You know, I mean, yeah. I've been told, you know, there's heaven. I've been told and I believe it. Right. But even that is, I'm afraid of because, like, I don't know what that is. I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm, I'm fearful of, like. Most of us are afraid of the unknown. That's yeah. why we label it. That is why we label it. Like, yeah. when they're, oh, so at night when the roads are pitch black, you can't yeah. see anything. All the lights go off. Right. You don't want to go down that road. No. Nah. Because we can't <laughs> see. Because we don't yeah. know what's there. We don't like being in situations where we don't know what's going on. Definitely. Um, Keep me away from it. We're just weird. We're, we we are very uncomfortable being steeped in ignorance. Yes. And, um, you know, in, in regards to your regret comment, what's interesting is the number one thing people talk about on their deathbed is their regrets. Exactly. Like, they don't talk about what they've done and, you know, their family and how much money they've made. They always talk about the one thing they wish they would have done. Mm-hmm. I always hear that. And it, that's, I mean, that's been, that's been a study somewhere. If I can find that, I'll bring it up next time. But yeah, um, yeah it's regrets. When someone's passing on from this life, that's the last thing that they think about is what they didn't do. Got to learn to live a life with no regrets. I mean, it's easier said than done. Much easier said. <laughs> much easier said than done. But we really have to, you know, work on that. Yeah. Um, as a people, you know, I feel like, we really need to experience life in all of its capacity, right? I know all of us have big dreams and like, man, I want to see the world. You know, what's stopping you? Well, finances. Okay, so everything great worth having requires sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying it all could be done. Yeah, you probably can't travel all of Europe and Africa in one year. But if you sacrifice for six months, maybe you could take one trip. Right. And then do the same thing. If you start a business, maybe you have an additional income to add two trips. Mm-hmm. So it really goes back to, you know, the Eric Thomas thing. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it to see? You know, yeah. are you willing to sacrifice for it? And then taking the, you know, the baby steps to, you know, to get there. Yeah. And um, one thing I do want to do for this podcast, you know, when we leave, is I want to leave on, like, actionable item, actionable steps. Something to give the people to do until they hear from us again or see us again, depending on where you're okay. watching this. So one thing I wanted to talk about, um, I recently made a post about how basketball is therapeutic for me and I have been so, you know, overwhelmed and stressed and I've been, you know, just kind of locked in on this, you know, I got to get it all hustle, no look, grinding 24 seven. That shit's a myth. Like we do need breaks. We do need, you know, time to decompress. Um, So I've been, you know, starting to implement, you know, a weekly basketball routine where, you know, once a week. I'll go play basketball or I'll just put some shots up because I enjoy doing it for me, my personal time. Um, and like I said, it's therapeutic. So, you know, with you and your studies and your experiences, what are th- other things or you think people should be doing when they get overwhelmed and stressed and to help them decompress? Because a lot of times, you know, we see people and it's all smiles and, and hugs, 
But deep down, they're going through the same thing that we're going through. They're stressed right. or overwhelmed or feeling certain ways, whether it's depressed or anxious. And, you know, I know this is kind of under your realm. Like, Do you yeah. have anything for us entrepreneurs or creators who feel like, man, this is too much right now? Yeah. Um, the first thing I tell people to do is to reevaluate everything that they're giving to. Okay. So everything that you're part of, and I'm not just talking about business-wise, I mean even in your personal life, you can exhaust yourself, you can experience burnout um, from evenly spreading yourself to everyone but yourself, Ooh. right? So, um, and then we start lashing out at people or we stop, like we lose interest in our, in our work or we start losing ideas, mm -hmm. you know, we just... We're just going downward. Right. Um, mainly because we're not. I know people talk about self-care, but it's more than self-care because it's not something that can be solved by going to the spa. Right. Right. It's not. You have to actually be in a state. You have to do something, which is why basketball works. You have to do something. Um, well, at least for you. You have to do something that puts your mind and body into a current state of being, mm. right? So you have something to actively focus on. Right. That is why yoga works. That's why boxing works. Um, swimming. Anything that requires you to be present. Right. And there's like, this is just a hack on life, by the way. If you ever, I don't think happiness, like finding happiness is the goal. Because I don't think we'll ever really be happy. Right. Because happiness just depends on what we want it's and if it's, yeah. if it's fulfilled or not. But being content is, I think, a better, you know, goal. And, and not, not just content, but being present. Being present is being in the moment. And that's living. Right. Being in the moment is actually living because most of the time mm. when we're in the moment, we're talking about the past or we're planning yeah. for the future, future or we're worried about the future. You hit it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we do things that call, that force us to be present, that's how you balance yourself out. Mm -hmm. That's how you experience the true moment of, of happiness or, or, or being uh, or therapy. Therapy works too. Right. Um, like talk therapy. Or if you if you actually have a therapist, right. it works because you're being present with your therapist. Definitely. You're currently talking about how you currently feel right now in the moment and what's going on with you. And you feel better right. from it. So you can do that in any aspect of your life. Right? Mm -hmm. This is also why affairs are so prevalent and why they feel like they're real. Mm. Because people are more present with the person that they are having an affair with than they are in their marriage. In their marriage, it's comparison. It's stress. It's, right. I got to do this. I got to be this. I got to. It's actual life. That you're you know. Life. And then when you step outside of that, you're present in that moment with that person. So it feels real. Really, all you're doing is living in the moment. Right. So if we lived in the moment and everything we did, right, it would solve that issue of us being burnout or you know i think that's all it is and one of the ways of doing that is like gratitude mm -hmm. in the moment gratitude but like you said you play basketball um sometimes i just go for a walk, a walk. i like to go outside so me going outside and being around trees and shit putting my feet in the grass <laughs> that makes me that yeah. brings yeah. me to a, a state of present being um and that's really the trick that's that's amazing. Does that make sense? It makes way. Yeah, that's the yeah. trick. I'm not I'm not that's, making that no, up. That sure. really it is does. like we're really simple, but we're complicated. No, it does, <laughs> and that's why to go circle back, make it a full circle moment. That's why I really wanted to have a co-host because exactly what you said, I feel the same way, and you articulated it so well. So I always think in the future. Mm -hmm. Because I'm always working on the next move. Yeah. Even after this is done, it's what's next. Yeah, right? a lot of us. So are. I'm never in the present and my mind is always racing and when you said like basketball it it, it forces you to be in the moment and in, mm -hmm. in present it's so true like when I'm playing basketball I'm not thinking about anything else I'm just focused yeah on you know shooting playing defense going rugging up and down the court and I feel so great and then the only messed up part is then when I'm stopped and I'm done playing and then I'm relaxing and then it just hits you like a ton of bricks like 
I still yeah. got this, this, and this dude. But, I, but while I'm playing basketball, it's so amazing. And I feel like more people should do that. Just be in the moment. Whatever yeah, that is for you. Moment. Just be in the moment. And you got to work on yourself, too. Yeah. Like, you have to... Some people, I think, the reason they see that stuff as negative is because some people use it as a distraction mechanism to right. actually deal with themselves. So people will play video games for hours or... Yeah. You know, maybe they play basketball too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, but they're doing it as an escape. Yeah, instead escapism. Of, yeah, you gotta, instead of being present. Mm-hmm. Right. So I when like you do that. these things, you have to acknowledge, hey, this is making me happy. This is actually, this is making me happy, right? This is giving me something. It's not taking me, it's not just taking me away. Right. But it's, it's giving me something. But mm-hmm. you do have to make sure that you're still dealing with yourself yes you must. if you don't deal with yourself then yeah there ain't never gonna be enough you can do i think this was an amazing episode of our first one together like so glad i got a co-host i think y'all, y'all don't really understand how <laughs> happy i am to have a co-host and this is just us naturally having a conversation going over stuff so wait till y'all see the next one we actually have a guest um yeah. this, this was just a vibe so now that I have a co-host, I don't have to do everything. So I'm going to let you take us out and I'm going to just, you know, sip on whatever I'm sipping on. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, you can close it out, Miss Co-host. Um, okay. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to Cosine Conversations with KG and Adair. Or Adair and KG. We don't know yet. I don't care. <laughs> I don't mind. I'll go second. I want to be second. So, yeah. Coastline Conversations with Adair and KG. I like that. Yeah, I'm excited for our future ones. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's going to be good. Thank y'all for watching or for tuning in, and we will see y'all next time. Next time. Hey, guys, what's good? Thanks for supporting Coastline Magazine by watching this video. If you really enjoyed this content, please subscribe, like, comment, and share.